Welcome to The Specialist. I'm Rob Barnard and in this podcast series, we'll be talking to mortgage industry thought leaders who aren't afraid to address pressing issues happening in the here and now. Over the course of this series, we will explore real world affairs that are in need of their bold new ideas and expertise. Ideas that cut through the financial jargon and offer real world specialist solutions for everyday people in the mortgage industry. That's specialist ideas from specialist experts for you to tune into at home or on the go. This episode of The Specialist was recorded on the 22nd of September, ahead of the mini-budget and subsequent resignation of Liz Truss as Britain's Prime Minister. And as a result, some of the discussion reflects the state of the economy and mortgage market as it was at the time of the recording. Hello and welcome to The Specialist. I'm your host, Rob Barnard. And in this episode, we'll be talking with Paula John independent consultant and director of Paula John Communications to discuss the cost of living crisis, the coming financial squeeze and what she feels can be done during what's going to become an increasingly difficult time for the industry. It's no surprise that the doom and gloom of rising costs for, well, just about everything right now has the majority of the UK feeling anxious. Paula, as a specialist who speaks to so many of the major news outlets as well as having over 25 years of financial journalism on your CV... We're very keen to hear your thoughts and ideas on how we tackle these issues and to hopefully give our listeners some much needed positive news. Paula, it's it's great to have you on air with us today. I'm delighted to be here. Thanks for the invitation. And can I just say, you certainly don't look old enough to have 25 years of anything on your CV, never, never mind financial journalism. I certainly don't look old enough on a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> We've got faces. Well, I've got a face for radio, but there we go. So come on, how you don't just sort of stumble into financial journalism. How, how have you got here today? Um, and let me take you back through the mists of time. I first started working on a magazine called Your Mortgage, which is a consumer-facing one, 25 years ago, so 1996, maybe 26 years ago. I loved English and economics at school, so I wanted to be a financial journalist. Went for the first journalism job I could, which was on Global Telecom's business. Don't tell me you've never read it. It's a page-turner. <laughs> Stuck that out for a year. Um, and then went to an agency and said, what's on what's on the on offer? And they found me, well, they, they put my CV forward for your mortgage. And I had actually worked for a mortgage company when I was temping to make some money before going travelling before uni. For Banque Nationale du Paris. Do you remember them? BNP Mortgages? Indeed. Uh, sadly, it wasn't in Paris. It was on Newport Road in Cardiff. Um, I went there as an office angel to stuff envelopes because they were doing great guns. It was just after interest rates had hit 14%, 1989. And they were offering something like 12%. So they were inundated with calls. I went there to stuff envelopes. And within two weeks, I was a mortgage completions officer, which I think I did for all of 10 weeks. But that went on my CV as one of the only jobs I did, apart from working in a pub during university. And that caught the eye of the uh, publishers of your mortgage magazine. And the rest, Robert, is history. As they say is history. That's brilliant, isn't it? I mean, it's funny, I said in a previous episode that, that sort of when I got married 30 years ago, rates were 15.4% and... and Fixed rates were flying out at 13.5%. We couldn't sell them quick enough. And isn't it ironic, sort of 30 years later, we're finding ourselves in a, in a not in a similar environment, but but something that's heading in that, that sort of direction. And I don't know about you, I, I'm almost getting fed up with the news at the moment that there's so many headlines full of doom and gloom. Um, and, and I think that those sort of headlines are even sort of compounded by research that Pepper have recently conducted with YouGov, which suggests some really, really, really scary headlines. Um, interest costs on revolving credit which are credit and scorecards, are going to mean UK borrowers are going to be repaying an extra £2.8 billion, pounds, billion pounds this year. I mean, how do you think mortgage advisors and IFA should talk to potential clients who may be impacted by all these rising costs? 
Well, I suppose the main message is to just do the talking. And it's quite a difficult one, isn't it? Because advisors have been so under the cosh all year. They've had loads of, you know, literally they've been inundated with people panicking about their existing mortgages and wanting to get onto a new fix or sort out their circumstances before rates go up again. Um, But actually now is a great time to be proactive with your existing database, to go to people and talk to them proactively about what their current financial situation is and what they're intending to do about it. Because obviously as a, say, if we keep it to mortgage advice, as you know what their mortgage arrangements are, but you don't know about the non-mortgage debt and what this Pepper YouGov research showed. People have seen their credit cards go up. 30% of the people that you guys surveyed said their credit card bills had already gone up 750 quid in the first six months of this year, and that's before interest rates really took off. Um, so what it would be really good for mortgage advisors to do is to get an understanding of the other non-mortgage debt that their customers have got and talk to them about what solutions they might be looking for there. Because, I mean, cre- the credit card thing is terrifying. Uh, credit cards, obviously, they're fine if you use them sensibly. It doesn't matter what the interest rate is, because if you pay it off in full every single month, that's irrelevant. You're never paying any interest. But more than 50% of people don't do that. And uh, the average credit card rate hit 29.7% this month, last month, sorry, in August, almost 30%. So if you're one of the people that doesn't clear their debt every month, or if you're one of the 15% of people who only make the minimum payment any month, that could really come and bite you on the bottom. Um, and that obviously, it's not just credit cards, is it? It's everything else. Store cards, which are about 35%, un- unauthorised overdrafts, about 35%. And personal loans are more expensive than they have been for the last six years. So all of these things combined. So really, what consumers have to do is get a handle on what where all their debts are and what advisors can do is also well get get their customers to get a handle on where their debts are and then one of the things that we wanted to talk about today wasn't it was about how you can actually consolidate that debt because debt consolidation loans while obviously not for everyone as our broker listeners will know can be a really good way of getting all of that under control in one place and uh, it's not necessarily good news to say to someone you know we're going to hit, take out a second mortgage. I think that's really scary to consumers. It sounds like it's a you know the sort of last ditch, last ditch, last resort thing to take out a second mortgage. It really sometimes isn't though, is it? When it's we're far from at, it. Yeah, when we're looking at all of these other interest rates we're talking about here, which are only going to get more expensive as base rate goes up, which is almost in, well, it is inevitably bound to, isn't it? So actually looking at different options for your customers at the moment, including the debt consolidation ones. It's really, really important. Second charge mortgages, I think if they're sold by the right people to the right people for the right reason, are absolutely superb. Do you think lenders have a, have a responsibility to sort of raise and educate? Well, I think there's always an education piece to be done, and particularly when it comes to the jargon, because these are known as second mortgages, they're known as debt consolidation loans. You know, it doesn't really help not to have one term. And the thing is, you can't put the cap back in the bag once these terms are out there being used in the industry. So yes, there's definitely an education piece to be about what they're called, about what they are, about the role they play and about who they're suitable for. I think they do need to come with a big buyer beware, if you like, about the fact that if you're going to consolidate your debt, you've got to make sure you're in a position not to then get further into debt and not be able to meet the repayments on a second charge mortgage because obviously your home is at risk, so that does have to be spelt out. But I really do think that the benefits of these things cannot be oversold really they need to be explained properly but you're right I, I i think we're in that really precarious area at the moment where i think people that have always paid their mortgage will work so hard to continue to pay their mortgage because it's the one thing that's instilled in you you have to pay your mortgage but you almost see those plates spinning don't you that while the mortgage plate is spinning the stress and strain that's been put on their finances maybe are making a utility bill fall away or a credit card fall away i mean i read an interesting stat where ev- literally everything is going up kids pack lunches 
But this is how it sort of it sort of goes right down the spectrum. Apparently, a kids pack lunch now is seventy percent more expensive than it was eighteen months ago. The price of bread, cheese, ham, tomatoes, biscuits, apples, and yogurts and crisps have all gone up. Tomatoes have gone up by one hundred and forty six percent, and cheese has gone up by one hundred and thirty two percent. So even putting a packed lunch in front of your child for the school school dinner is going to impact your affordability. So there you go. There's some interesting stats. That doesn't, as someone with two children who refuse to have school lunches, that doesn't surprise me at all because I'm, I'm in that market. And yeah, it's all going up. Another thing that I've noticed: dog food. Huff. Don't have the stats on it, but um, I have looked at my dog food bill and thought, Oof, which one shall I put down? <laughs> but the cost of doing that's gone up as well, so they're both going to live. <laughs> <laughs> but but you're right. I mean, rates, we, we've heard very recently that rates have gone up again by half a percent to 225. I think that's the seventh time in a row now that the Bank of England have raised right rates since December. Um, we're now, borrowing costs are now the highest level since the global financial crisis 2008. Where, where is it going to end? Well, if it would just the bank base rate, then I think there'd be don't panic messages going out because there is the issue that there's a whole generation of people out there with mortgages who've only ever known very, very low bank base rate and mortgage rates. They've only known rates of one, two, three percent. Those of us who are long in the long, long in the teeth like you and I do remember, as we've already talked about on this podcast, rates of 12, 14 percent. So if it were just your mortgage that were impacted, I think we'd be saying, let's look at the affordability demands that have been, the uh, restrictions that have been put on lending don't worry about it you will be you should be able to afford your mortgage it's when you factor in the cost of every other thing that everyone has to buy all of the bare essentials and particularly energy obviously that's where it gets quite scary um and there obviously there is no silver bullet and uh, you know you and I can't sit here and go these are the steps you need to take but one thing you do need to do is face up to them and try and get in front of the, the increases that we've got to come. So the main message for consumers is not to be an ostrich. I'm sure you've played many an ostrich on stage, being a pantomime expert at officiado. Well, oh, yes, I have. <laughs> but, um, don't be an ostrich. Um, and I think advisors have got a really important role to play in helping consumers to face up to, to their debts. As you mentioned, missing utility bills, I'm not sure people necessarily appreciate how damaging it can be to your credit record going forward. So it can, you know, it can have consequences for years and years after you've missed a, a payment or two on a utility bill and then also just letting one of those bills get away from you whether it's a Klarna or it's your credit card where you go back to paying the minimum balance every month those are the sort of things that can really spiral and and, and start to really damage people's credit records and just damage their personal balance sheets and then they do get out of control so I do think that all sorts of financial advisors have got a role to play so face up to the issues do the maths and get some advice. And I think I think that the role of the intermediary has never been so important. I think I think we're at seventy-five to eighty percent of all UK mortgages are written by intermediaries. I can't see that changing, or it shouldn't change anytime soon. Um, go and see a broker. Go and see an advisor because they'll they'll give you thoughts or ideas that maybe you won't think about looking at looking at a computer screen. And not only that, obviously we are. Your lender is in, in the specialist sector, which is only growing as people have more and more complex income streams, more and more complex ways of working. So specialist mortgages have really come into their own because they can cater, obviously, for such a broad range of people. And that's surely only going to continue. Um, they can also cater for people who have had blips on their credit records. And so you know, going forward, that part of the market is likely to grow. So mortgage brokers who are involved in the specialist market, I think, are going to see a lot more demands on their specialisms and their skills. And as you say, yeah, their advice has never been more valuable. And I think that's going to be the case for some years to come. And I think you're right. I think the role of the specialist lender, sadly, 
and I will say sadly, even though I work for a specialist lender, it's probably going to get busier. Um, but but don't be afraid by the word specialist, I think, is, is a key word as well. I mean, there are so many other buckets that specialist lenders can help with. And I always say, what's a specialist mortgage? Well, you can define it as many things, but don't just think about it being adverse. Is a credit score, simply a credit score fail an adverse mortgage? Maybe not. This is just somebody that's maybe moved jobs too frequently, been self-employed for, for too short a period of time, um, or has got that odd blip on their credit file. Um, so don't be afraid of specialists. Using a specialist lender today is as simple as it's ever been, uh, and long may that continue. But but you also made a really, really good point. And one thing that really frustrates me is utilities um, and a bit of bit of sort of a campaign that's been growing about this don't pay campaign. Uh, and I think you you sort of sum it up nicely. People don't realise, do they, the, the impacts on their credit file of just one miss, one miss utility payment. I think that's really important. And I sort of understand the um, the lobbying, campaigning, activism. I understand the spirit of totally. it. But unfortunately, you're cutting off your nose to spite your face if you get involved in that. But I do think that it's important people have a proper understanding of the damage that they could be doing to their future financial standing if they if they don't pay utility bills. And it's a really hard thing to say oh, when you're totally. looking at the actual the numbers involved. I mean, it's absolutely frightening. We still don't really know how what our own each individual bill is going to look like, do we, this year, despite uh, what the government said about the average property won't pay more than £2,500. So that's still quite a lot. And some of the small business numbers coming out are absolutely terrifying in terms of the, the, the height of the bills there. And um, sadly, the high streets have already been decimated, haven't they? After the global financial crisis following COVID, you can just see nothing but more shops and businesses, sadly, moving away from the high street. That's right. So you've got you've had a triple whammy, isn't it, really? Brexit and COVID and now the war and everything that's uh, that's happening because of that so yeah it is a bit of a tricky one we should try and find some silver linings we are going to we are, <laughs> i mean can we find any glimmers can we can you pull something out of your your sort of bag that's going to send listeners away thinking you know what that, that's good that we've got an opportunity here the biggest message really certainly to um, our listeners is that advice is more necessary than ever which you've already said to be honest advice is more necessary than ever help is needed more than ever before um, I can't honestly at this stage, um, you know, looking into the last quarter of 2022, say that there are any economic rays of light on the horizon. Apart from, you know, it depends on your situation, doesn't it? Um, I think the question a lot of people want answered is when are we going to see a glimmer of hope? Um, how long is this going to go on for? And if you look at it in the mortgage context, I've recently had this debate with my husband. Uh, shall we go for a two year fixed rate or a five year fixed rate? how long the rate's going to stay high for. And speaking to uh, mortgage brokers, they know quite a few people who've been having the same debate. Um, we don't know, is the, is the honest answer. It, it's an interesting one, isn't it? We, we, did a, we did a transaction for my daughter 12 months ago, and my advisor advised us two years at the time when I was maybe looking at five, because circumstances can change, and I can get that. But it'll be an interesting conversation now when we look at renewing that in 12 months' time. Um, yes. Did anyone in your household say, I'll go along with you, but I reserve the right to say I told you so? Probably me. <laughs> But I'm not the advisor. But that's great. And even even mortgage professionals, which I'd class us as in, in one way, shape or form or another, we go to advisors because yeah. at the end of the day, that's really important that we don't know everything. So looking at that, just to sum up from that point of view, the nights are drawing in. There's less than 100 sleeps to Christmas. The weather's changing, but the intermediary space is good. <laughs> is that the glimmer? So go and talk to your broker. Brokers, use your database, use your back book to use your language earlier. Have a look at helping customers. Have a look at restructuring if restructuring is right for them at this stage. Um, so it's not all doom and gloom. There's lots of sort of bad news at the moment, but the intermediary space is still a great place to be. The intermediary space 
is going to be as busy as it's ever been, I confidently predict, and uh, and also the specialist lending space. Uh, fortunately, there are plenty more solutions for consumers out there than you, there would have been a decade ago, as you say. So that's got to be a positive. So the combination of those products that are out there in the market and specialist advice is at least of, should be of some comfort to consumers as they go through these tough times. That's brilliant. It's been really enlightening speaking to you, Paula, listening to your views. Before we go, people might want to find out more about you. Where can we find out more about Paula John and Paula John Communications? You can Google Paula John Communications and you, should, you, you might come up with an American lady first and the second one is my website. <laughs> I haven't quite worked out how to get the Google bots to, to get me ahead of her. But yeah, just. But I'm sure you'll work on that solution. Google the name. Paula, thanks so much for talking to us today. It's been really enlightening to hear your views on the market. And we can't get away from it, can we? The market is in a pretty, pretty dark place at the moment. Lots of bad headlines. But it's really encouraging to see that the intermediary space, in your eyes, is in a very, very good place and will be for some time to come. And just one final thing. I hope you choose the dog food. Thanks a lot, Rob. Great to speak to you. And, of course, a big thank you also goes out to you, our listeners. This has been The Specialist, episode four of our series brought to you by Pepper Money. If you love the content today, then do let us know on social using our hashtag, hashtag Podcast. And, of course, hit follow to get notified when our next episode releases. Mm-hmm.